You're listening to episode 13 of House Sitting Legends. This episode is proudly brought to you by housingacademy.com, the online course giving you inner circle strategies from the world's best sitters. Get the confidence and get the awesome gigs today. You have arrived into the world of house sitting legends, the place where epic tales are told and pearls of wisdom flow freely. Join us as we meet those going above and beyond the call of duty, caring for homes and pets across the globe. Welcome to the House Sitting Legends Podcast. Immerse yourself in the wonders of international house sitting and unleash your inspiration for freedom and world travel. And now your hosts, Nat and Jody. Today is pretty much a chance for our listeners to just be almost even uh, voyeurs or as such uh, <laughs> over a very personal conversation with our absolutely wonderfully dear friends Gail and Randy who are currently house-sitting back in their homeland of Canada. Gail and Randy it is so cool to have you on board Thank with you. us. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> oh it's wonderful to chat with you two again. It's been far too long. Yes. It has. <laughs> it has but if we put it into context though it was only November so what have we got there about seven or eight months but I know what you mean. I mean, you know, when, when we all arrived together into Greece at the start of November or the end of October, it was like coming home on many levels because, you know, you guys are just absolute kindred spirits and pure reflections of us and we love you to death. Yeah. So just to set the scene, we had Gail and Randy join us. At, uh, they were the first people to come to the Live House the Academy in Greece and it was so exciting. We couldn't have had a better pair to to meet up with us and, and uh, start the journey together on the, the House Sitting Academy. It was really cool. Well, thanks. It was wonderful for us, too. We felt exactly, we still feel exactly the same way, like kindred spirits. You know, it was just such an amazing experience on all levels. Yeah. Well, I was just about to say, if you want to tell the truth honestly to the world, now you can. What was it like to meet up with us for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> it's not what you said over the wine that night. <laughs> You know, I was, I guess what astounded me is I knew you had been flying for and traveling, I think, for 36 hours. And you came off that plane and out into the arrivals area. And you looked so energetic and upbeat. And I thought, how can they do this? Because I never could. <laughs> there was a lot of instant synergy. There was. There was definitely a lot of synergy, yeah. There yeah. That was it. We've felt that all along. It was like we'd known each other for years and years. And I think that's the great thing about, you know, a lot of house sitters are starting to meet up around the world, um, thankfully, through our group. And they're sort of going, oh, wow, I'm in the same same country or the same city as you. And it's like, let's meet mm -hmm. up. And it's like, wow, that's just so awesome that people are doing that. I think the fact that we're all international house sitters means that right away there's a huge affinity between the people. We've all chosen a lifestyle that's not, in quotes, normal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we're very open to experiences and there's been a lot of wonderful sharing on the website. And I think that just that affinity or synergy, as Randy said, is just, it's just there. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because we're, a lot of us are living totally out of the norm and we've um, oftentimes left our family and friends behind in our own home countries and gone off to mm -hmm. have this world adventure and it's sort of like they get it but they don't get it so to actually meet yes. up with people that really do get it because they're living it themselves to actually have that more in-depth conversation with people and 
even to share tips and tricks and stuff, you know, because they get it, you know, and they've been yes. through it themselves. It's just such a, I don't know, that's just awesome. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think uh, we'd love to be, for you to maybe just uh, go into a little bit of your story of how you got started. I mean, first of all, I would like to just thank social media on a whole for bringing us together. Uh, I really can't remember if you were part of the Facebook group first or finding us on on. Google Hangouts first, but either way, we've we've been connected sort of pretty much from the start of your house-sitting side of your travels, so if you can kind of walk us through the story from your side of where you started, uh, how you gave up work and life in Canada and what you're doing now. <laughs> well, we had um, both retired um, and had built our dream home, thinking we would live there for the rest of our lives and on an acreage. And then went over traveling um, to Thailand and Vietnam for six weeks and didn't miss our home and got home and missed traveling. And that was kind of the start of some reframing. So we took a serious look and realized that none of our three children would be coming back to live where we were. And the home was such that there was a lot of capital invested and we couldn't just leave it empty you know, for five or six months of the year. So we did a total about face and decided to sell most things, Randy. And then we uh, hit the road thinking that maybe we'd do this for, you know, a year or so. Mm -hmm. And we've just fallen in love with the lifestyle. There's intermittent levels of responsibility, but it's a whole different... uh, lifestyle for responsibilities. It's like you have discrete periods of time where you have to be a responsible adult and then you can just totally reframe, go on to something else and it's just a remarkable a remarkable lifestyle that now we're thinking, you know, it could be several years down the road before we even entertain the idea of putting down any sort of roots. And I'll just clarify something. We don't house sit full time. We do have some responsibilities back here in North America with with aging parents. And so we yeah. like to get back home, you know, in the summer for a bit of time and in, in around Christmas for a bit of time. Um, we do a lot of house sitting, but we also intersperse it with some um, renting a house or an apartment or hostel living from, from time to time. But more and more, we're doing basically house sit to house sit because mm. um, we just love the experience. We love discovering a place we would never go to otherwise and just being part of a, a community. Well, I think um, it's great as well because you're actually back now in, in Edmonton and uh, you know it's sort of, I guess, close enough to some family and friends mm-hmm. but maybe still far enough away if you need to be. Like how is it yeah. house sitting there at the moment? Yes, it is quite nice. Uh, We just had our son came up for a visit uh, from three and a half hours away, but came up for the weekend just to be with us. So, yes, it's not like you're uh, 15 hours flight away. You can have friends or family drop by and we're going this Mm -hmm. Wednesday, spend an evening with some uh, friends of ours. So it is it is convenient to be back where you can see friends and, and family. Uh, it's a little little harder when you're in Mexico or Thailand or Europe. To, <laughs> well, I did speak, 
Speaking of Devon, I never caught up with you guys to find out what happened with the wine story. If you could just tell the wine story that never oh. made it back to him. That okay. is hilarious. <laughs> we, we were so distraught. And as soon as we got back... I think you have to back up so well, people understand. Yes. Uh, in, in a moment with poor lighting and <laughs> moderate <laughs> inebriation... We drank a bottle of wine that was given us by a very close friend of Devon, a travel mate of his. She gave us a bottle of wine while we were in a house sit in Vienna, mm -hmm. and we accidentally drank it. <laughs> when we were with Nat and Jody. When we were with Nat and Jody. I'll blame us. It wasn't, definitely wasn't our fault. All on Jody. <laughs> I poor lighting and, and not being able to read the labels, whether they were in Greek or the bottle of wine was from Montenegro. They looked all the same to uh, us. We'll blame the Greeks then. I think well, but well, the next morning we saw all these dead soldiers and realized that I had gotten the wrong bottle out of the cellar. And But as soon as we got home, we that was on our itinerary, we went to the nicest and largest wine store we could find and Gail suggested that we look at one particular area, and I, I suggested that that <laughs> probably wasn't a brilliant idea. But sure enough, there it was. We found exactly the same bottle, oh, well and done. we're able to repatriate it to our portable cellar to bring home to Devon. So everything worked out well. Oh, that's amazing. But I'm sure he would have enjoyed the story part of it as well. The two things that are popping out to me there is like two little gold nuggets that you dropped. And I just love it, the way it becomes just part of conversation. While we were house-sitting in Vienna, and then, of course, <laughs> we got this bottle of wine from Montenegro, and it just like, just this little drop-ins of, you know, <laughs> it's almost like that lifestyle. Thing of, like, this is our lifestyle, yeah, it's just brilliant. Oh, and the other thing is no. our cellar. Our cellar is actually, and because at that time, and, and I think you guys do this most of the time, you were just traveling with backpacks, like proper full-on backpacks. Yep. That's yep. still all that we travel with. Right. And I do agree, so, it was dark going into that cellar of your backpack to try and find the right <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> the was. cellar was just where we'd stashed it behind the door <laughs> to get out of the way so I wouldn't kick it over in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's way funny. What I love about your story is that you're actually really being able to find a really nice balance between having your travels and the freedom to go and do that but also taking care of family at home, which I know is really yes. high on your values, um, yep. and both with elderly parents and your children as well. So it's, I think that's a really nice yep. thing to share with people um, that are listening to this because a lot of people think it's all or nothing. And if I go then, you know, you're a bit like us, you don't go home very often and see people. But for your, people like yourselves, there are people that really do love to still catch up with family, and it's such a great way to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One nice thing about the Vienna House that uh, we knew this person, and before we were, as we were setting it up, we told her that um, my daughter, who she happened to know, was going to be in Europe at the same time, mm. and could they come over and spend the weekend with it? So we kind of had that planned, moved by the the house. Uh, Owner. by the house owner which yeah. we always do which we yes. do and yeah. you know sometimes that's worked out real well we checked with our current one you know is it okay for us to have some 
friends over for uh, an evening and Devin to spend the weekend. And usually that's not been a problem at all if you just check ahead of time mm -hmm. with them. Yeah, we found the same thing, definitely. The homeowners are very open to having somebody stay, particularly family, um, to, to yes. stay, stay with you. And I think yes. it's just such a nice opportunity for them to come and visit you in a new, different place away from your home. Yeah. Away from the home we don't have anymore. That's right. Yeah. Well, from where you were originally. <laughs> I actually, I just had a realization. It's like away from what was your dream home, but now it actually is still sort of back in the clouds. It's kind of the the dream again. If the dream is still happening. Now just... you're actually living another dream. And along that dream journey that you've had, uh, you know, here we are recording this podcast and wanting to hear some epic tales, and we've not caught up enough. I think because we maybe get a bit complacent sometimes just knowing that you're out there and we're connected via Facebook and social media. But uh, I'd love to hear if you've got any tales that come to mind where, you know, perhaps either you've had to go a little bit be above and beyond the call of duty for, say, the pets or the owners or, you know, maybe even within uh, the neighbourhood or community. I guess um, the, the one that comes to mind right off the bat, and I'll start it and then let Randy segue, mm. is... Uh, a house sit that we had where we had a call from the owner um, a week prior to our arrival and said, you know, one of my cats is having some kidney problems and is going to have to be on an IV drip at the vet. Um, are you still okay with coming? And we said, absolutely, as long as you're okay with leaving. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was our priority. We had no problems with that. So we, we arrived and, um, the cat wasn't doing well at the vets because um, the second cat in the home was its litter mate and they had always been together. So the cat who was sick wasn't eating at the vets. So the final decision was that they would bring this cat home um, in a large dog cage big enough for it to be in with the IV drip and there'd be food and a mm. basket for it to sleep in and a, a litter box and all that. And so Randy took it upon himself to go ahead. Well, my job was to flush the IV every day mm. and to spend a little time. It was easier for me, even though I'm larger, to fit in the cage. So I would fit my <laughs> shoulders in the cage. And head and head, and just lay there for five or so minutes, sometimes a little longer, and just Several pet times a day. Jackie, mm. and let him feel that he was a part of the family, and he just, Aww. he did quite well. He was mm -hmm. such a wonderful cat, and both of them did, did well. It was, that was our most interesting uh, pet story, but mm. it all turned out well, and and they still give us updates. Jackie is doing very well now and has gotten over the kidney problem. So all is well that ends well. Well, I think that one of the greatest healers in the world is love. And, you know, I'll just let everybody know, Randy is a big guy. You know, he's got big broad shoulders, big tall guy. So I can just see you half in and out of a cage. Give him some love. Give him some love. And what was, what was cute is Randy also has um, quite a short, a very short beard. And so Jackie would start to groom Randy, thinking oh, that this was so mutual grooming. Randy would be petting him and Jackie would be there licking him. 
That's so cute. It was quite lovely to watch. Oh, oh that's brilliant. That's yeah, funny. You end up with all these adopted children all around the world. It's quite cute. And then when they get updates from the from the uh, homeowners, it's just so awesome. So maybe, Gail, you, you've got a bit of a pet whisperer on your hands there because uh, we all know what happened in Greece with our our female macaw parrot who uh, was definitely on the lookout for a new man in her life and as much as I was there to bond with her, um, I certainly got no second look whenever you were around, Randy. Oh, that that was funny. Tardu was a little picky, wasn't he? <laughs> she, she, yes. yes. And then, uh, those of you that don't know, Tardu was a a one-winged gold and blue, blue and gold macaw that was at the house set that the four of us did in Greece. And um, her owner had passed away several years ago. And she'd been kind of passed from guest to guest along the way, um, but adopted Randy to the point where I could not sit near or beside Randy. She would come across the floor clacking her beak <laughs> And chased me away. She was very jealous. Well, I We've got this gorgeous photo of, uh, of Gail. Probably some people might actually see it on our website. If you look for, uh, as you say, the blue and gold macaw parrot. And Gail's sitting there with, with Tadu. And mm. I, I made comment one day to Gail saying, oh, look, it looks like, you know, love and connection. She says, basically, no way. That was me protecting myself because I was about to get nailed because I was getting too close to Randy. <laughs> That's very true, Jody. <laughs> looks like a lovely shot. <laughs> it, 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 it looks can be deceiving. <laughs> There's a backstory. Yes, it looks deceiving very much. We had another little incident like that. I developed an affinity for birds, I guess, and uh, had another a parrot, a yellow-headed uh, Amazon, Amazonian. Mm kind of fall in love with me and in um where was that it was, it was um a little hostel pension in Boquete in Boquete. Panama yes. yes so it wasn't a house sit and it it would sit on my shoulders and Gail tried to become friends with it once and it bit her quite uh, painfully <laughs> on the finger so it kind of ended that relationship with Gail but, <laughs> but so I'm quite a bit averse to um trying to make friends with birds now. <laughs> Especially the husband around. <laughs> you don't just get a look in. Oh, well, probably our most interesting uh, animal story, this wasn't a pet, but it was an animal. We just did a house sit in Panama for four, five, five, five weeks. weeks. Five weeks. In Panama, um, well, just outside of Panama City. It was a beach community. And it was one of those where there was a lot of surprises in the house sit. <laughs> um, the, the, probably the most interesting one, though, was one night, it was about 9 o'clock, and we were getting ready to go to bed. And all of a sudden, I was walking around, kind of closing things down, and I saw the cats, two, two of the three cats, uh, playing with something on the floor. And Panama is noted for its uh, dangerous reptiles. Well, mm -hmm. this was a reptile. It was a, just a little short of two feet. It was a snake oh. that had come in under the gated door <laughs> and was coiled up. Fortunately, the two cats had kind of beat it into submission. <laughs> but at 9 o'clock at 
night in a dimly lit room, you're not sure if this is a small fer de lance or yes. a boa constrictor. Yeah. Uh, one just can be annoying and one can be lethal. Mm -hmm. But any, anyway, between a broom and a dustpan and Gale opening doors <laughs> and the, the snake being somewhat docile because it was beat into submission, I was able to grab it by the tail and hoist it outside and over the fence with no, no harm. Mm. And it probably was a boa constrictor, not a fair de lance, but it was one of those things at the time, it was quite disconcerting. Yeah, I do have to jump in here. Randy, um, when he was growing up, had quite a collection of different types of snakes and was very, um, very comfortable catching any kind of snake around where he lived, including rattlers and that, and he knew how to do it. So he is quite comfortable with snakes, whereas I am not. Yeah. So I was so thankful that he was there because although he didn't know what it was, he did know how to grab it and get it out. And then I very carefully rolled up towels and stuck them <laughs> under the door to block that little inch space. And when we let the owners know, they said, oh, that's right. That has sometimes happened to us too. Uh -huh. Oh, by the way, by the way, <laughs> that's another word you uh, learn to be a little wary of when you're getting instructions and you start hearing, oh, by the way, mm -hmm. you know that the, the mocked little implications uh, on your Skype interview of uh, minimal duties are going to blossom when you hear, <laughs> oh, by the way. Well, point. I mean, you know, we, we can sort of make it quite humorous in, in telling the story like this, but um, do you feel now with your experience that you look at look upon it more as being, okay, this is a challenge, like whether, whether the owners are being kind of a bit coy about certain things or a bit worried whether you're going to suddenly sh turn around and shut down and say, no, I'm not coming because you potentially get snakes in the house sometimes. Um, but do you, do you take on these kind of sits in areas like this um, with that more, more of an outlook of it's a challenge and a life experience or sort of would you actually, you know, be a bit more stricter with boundaries on what you would and wouldn't do in the future? I, I think what we have learned and not just because of the snake but also in terms of looking at duties with animals and expected gardening duties and that is just to be very precise in asking questions. Yes. Um, the fact that there were snakes there would really have been a problem for us but I would have liked to know that they can in the house under this door and you might want to put towels there to keep them out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just ensuring more that we get um, the full information and I think anytime you're traveling, whether you're house sitting or traveling, you just have to fly with it, whatever happens. Yeah. Um, and see it as an experience and roll with it and learn from it and um, take life pretty lightly. We've, yeah. we've never found that we've gotten into a situation that we regret, mm -mm. but we have been developing uh, better antennas yes. on the interviewing process. And mm -hmm. there's been one I can think of that during the interview process, the, in the Skype, 
that Gail and I both started looking to each other um, outside of Skype view and waving our antennas in the, and both realizing that all sorts of little signs were going off mm -hmm. and we were both getting the same thing and, and we decided that, that we couldn't do this house sit. But yeah. We were very gracious in that but we started getting all sorts of little warning signs that this is not going to be something we want to get involved in. Yeah. So your mm -hmm. antennas do become a little more acute and you learn to ask some leading probing questions mm -hmm. and most people are up front they're not trying to deceive they just it's something that's been a simple part of their routine and they yes. don't realize maybe they're not giving you the full scope of of thing yeah i think that's so, true not so much deception uh most people are pretty up front sometimes they we have found that that some people aren't quite as upfront as you would like them to be. <laughs> we had a house sit in Costa Rica that uh, three cats and three dogs that we were thinking, you know, this is going to be a lot of, of care. And they, they told us it was a bit of care. But when we got there, the 27-page document that we were given for the duties of the house sit uh, starting at 5.15 with medications for animals and ending at 10.30 at night was something totally different than we were led to believe. Oops. Fortunately, the animals' schedules weren't quite as inflexible as the, the owners', the owners uh, <laughs> deeming their needs. So it turned out to be very enjoyable. We really liked it, but that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. But we're learning. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. And for any homeowners that are actually listening out there, you know, being up front, that's one of the big things I think that um, really does help a house sitter is being up front about what is involved in your house sit because then as a house sitter they can determine with all the facts whether they're actually suitable to it or not and whether they can actually do the job effectively, which is what you're actually yeah. after in, yes. the, in the long term is you want somebody that's effective um, and also wants to be there too. If you're there and you're resenting it as a house sitter, it, that doesn't do it any good for the homeowner or the, the pets either. So, you know, being no, up front and saying, you know, having the, I guess, the trust that someone will take on that house set. So even if you are up front and there's a little bit more involved, um, you know, whether it's medication for animals or this, that or the other, somebody will be qualified in that and someone will want to do that job. Absolutely. I think you hit on a key word there, the word trust. Yeah. I mean, any homeowner... Um, looking for a house sitter is inviting usually a total stranger into their home. So they have to trust that what they're seeing on a Skype interview and what they, they see written and references is true. Yeah. But it's also the same as a house sitter going in. Yeah. You're assuming that what you're being told and what you see is truthful and that that trust has to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I know we have felt it immediately in in almost every one of the sits that we have taken on right from the moment that the Skype interviews know that it's a fit and it's been felt mutually yeah. and when it's not there we've learned to trust again trust our intuition and say 
you know what, this really isn't right for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the key point, yeah. that, that mentioning of the, the intuition and the, that little radar that you're talking about, you know, just learning to, to mm -hmm. trust your own radar, trust your own intuition. It goes for both sides of the, of the party. And in many cases, yep. um, you know, and we certainly tapped into this with you guys, we had some very deep and meaningful conversations uh, over Devon's mm -hmm. wine every now and again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which really helps, too, by the way. But, um, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, when you're living in that type of flow, when you're really just living in the flow of life, uh, trusting your intuition and hearing it when it's trying to give you the little warning bells, it goes exactly the yes. same for the homeowners. You know, the homeowner, yes. especially the, the, a new homeowner looking at, at bringing in house sitters, um, we've had plenty of brand-new homeowners where, you know, that feeling, like you said before, of, you know, oh, we Skyped with you, we feel like we know you, uh, you know, this it's, it all mm -hmm. feels right. It's all we can do as house sitters, especially experienced house sitters, is sort of say to those yeah. new homeowners, yes, that feeling is the one you need to listen to. Like, really trust your gut instinct. It's the only one that knows the truth. Um, and don't listen to your head or your neighbours or people that might be sort of against yep. the idea uh, because at the end of the day you end up with fantastic friends, uh, great connections around the world and you just never know where it's going to go to. That's right. That's Absolutely. So true. It's about now that I always say that Gail and Randy, you are a house-sitting legends. <laughs> but, uh, I, think <laughs> I just think you're life legends because you guys just... I don't know, just your life philosophy and the way you look at everything. And the, more than anything, I think the energy that you bring um, to everything that you do, including your house sits, um, really is just, I don't know, is just a role model really for everybody um, out there that's house sitting because I think it's just, it really is about living in the flow and living intuitively and just bringing that sense of love um, and trust to, to people that are strangers around the world. And that's really what house sitting brings about. Yeah. So thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really feel that the opportunity that did come about with us having the, the live house sitting academy in Greece, uh, you know, no mistakes for you guys being arriving there with us, the very first academy participants to be with us. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys weren't there. You, you'd already had a number of house sits along the way and it improved your profile to get the better house sits. Um, you were really there just to, to connect with us and for that we're so grateful and the amount of work that you did there and, and put into the place, uh, the love that you gave the animals is so appreciated. Uh, but I really feel that that's a key point because we are going back again next year and it's a shame you guys can't join us but for anybody who is interested mm -hmm. in coming and having that live direct experience of a house sit with some pretty unusual animals there um, but we mm. learned so much from you and you know, particularly your um, amazing packing abilities, uh, what you're actually carrying with your, your special little uh, tools of the trade being um, wonder mm -hmm. chefs that you are. Uh, I'll let you talk about that. But um, just all those little, it, it's like the idea of just masterminding to a degree, but also just connecting with like minds or um, let's even say it's like it's another version of the family because, you know, as we said at the very start of this, it, what many of us are doing is not quote-unquote of the norm uh, so when we do come together it's a, it's a powerful experience because generally house-sitting we can be on our own and you know we just highly recommend that people go along and do meet up with with fellow sitters that are in their areas if not come along and meet us at the live um, Greece Academy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know we often think back to the time that we spent with you in, in Greece at Delenia and 
you know, as you say, we didn't go there really for the house sit. And we had, we had had no intentions of going there. We were, um, when we decided to go down and join you, we were actually in Vienna and had thought, well, we'll go to Italy and spend the rest of our time and then head back to Frankfurt to catch our plane to go home. Mm -hmm. And then this opportunity came up and it was like, it just fit. So we mm -hmm. had we had to go and do it. I mean, we did spend four or five days, I guess, in Venice, um, but then went down and the fact that we arrived when you did and we could get planes that, that just synced like that. And it was just, it was amazing. You know, um, not just the learning, but the, the energy that was there from the four of us and then everybody else that ended up being there, although we hadn't known they were going to. <laughs> and, all, and all of the adventures we had, you know, with the, um, the work that we did in the yard and the tools we had. And, and the car not working that day. The <laughs> car not working all that day. Stuff. But, you know, it was all just... It was wonderful, mm. and, and we just ma all made it work. Yeah. I've, I've never seen four people that could almost instantly roll with punches yes. as well as the four of us could mm. almost, uh, almost instantly. That was, mm. that was pretty, pretty unusual and pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys have got so much to, to give and your energy is, is just so magnetic and mm -hmm. I really do hope you get the opportunity to meet up with other sitters around the world and um, connect as well. So mm -hmm. stay tuned. Look the guys up in our House Sitting World Facebook group. Uh, we've got Gail Reed Harrison and Randy Harrison doesn't come in very often. Um, I, I think he <laughs> thinks that he's a little bit uh, above us in the social media world sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> or he's just really busy. <laughs> busy busy, he's busy after doing other things. Yeah, busy with the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. It's been such a pleasure to catch up and uh, to hear some of your stories because I think they're awesome stories and you'll continue to build stories as you keep going around the world. Yeah. So we'll see, you, see you in another part of the world. Hopefully Absolutely. very soon. Absolutely. It's been wonderful talking to both of you. Thank you so much for asking us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Big Thanks. virtual hug. Yeah, big both. hugs. <laughs> okay. Big hugs. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us in this final episode in Season 1 of House Sitting Legends. To connect with Gail and Randy, please visit the show notes for Episode 13 at housesittinglegends.com. Well, it's been an amazing ride from hurricanes, pet deaths, fighting bushfires, living off the grid, socializing with royalty, right through to complete life wake-up calls. Our legends have shown us an incredible cross-section of experiences that only house-sitting can provide. If the stories in this first season have inspired you to get started in house-sitting, be sure to visit housesittingacademy.com forward slash join to see how the Academy can directly help you save thousands on your accommodation costs to travel all over the world with house-sitting. And if you're already a seasoned house-sitter, we truly hope that the stories and tips shared by our legends this season will help you have even better house-sitting experiences. And if you're a homeowner, particularly with pets, we sincerely trust that this show has shown you the high caliber of people that are house-sitting around the world who pride themselves on providing exceptional care while looking after your home and pets. House-sitting truly is a win-win-win for travelers, owners, and pets. And spreading the word only helps more people. 
It's been our absolute pleasure to bring you this first season of House Sitting Legends. But like all good shows, your rating and reviews directly influence how many of these episodes we create. So if you have enjoyed any of our episodes and feel it's worthwhile to spread the stories to sitters, travellers and owners all over the world, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review. Thank you so much again, and on behalf of Nat and myself, we hope to see you somewhere again in the house-sitting world.